What's up, everyone? So this is the first of hopefully 12 monologues for the year. So I'm going to try to do one every month for the whole year. In the monologue, I can talk about whatever I want. Whereas with the podcasts, of course, with guests, it's dependent on who's sitting in the chair opposite me. With regards to these monologues, <laughs> so I think one of the segments for each of these like monthly monologues, I think is the name of them, uh, is going to be like the books I read for the month. I'll probably pick out maybe four or five that I read that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like now, again, <laughs> these could be way off like books that may interest you. But I think it's also important to read books from as many different genres as possible. Um, now, me saying that, if you said that to me two years ago, I would have been like, not a hope. But look, here we are, I guess. You live and you learn. So we're going to start off with that. I got a Kindle. <laughs> So I got a Kindle recently and honestly, it's changed my life uh, completely. Um, So if you're looking to buy a Kindle, I would definitely recommend it. Again, one of those things that I wish I wasn't so stubborn about, but look, here we are. With regards to the Kindle, it's actually the most ideal thing ever. Like you just tap a book and it opens straight away. We'll start off with a few of the books that I thoroughly enjoyed this month. So I'll name out the list. Um, of the five books that I enjoyed and then I'll go into each one separately. So five of the books that I read this month that I think everyone should add to their reading lists are Notes from the Underground by Fyodor Dostoevsky, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, American Psycho by Brent Easton Ellis, The Giver by Louise Lowry and A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. I know they're a bit dystopian but well a few of them are but they're definitely definitely worth the read. So with regards to Mr. Dostoevsky and Notes from the Underground, it's basically a book about a man from the underground uh, in Russia. So the book is split up into two sections. One, one are his like, thoughts or his musings, and then the second is him in real-life situations. So the first part was kind of the part that gripped me. Like, it's an insane book. It's like the way Dostoevsky can enter the human experience and explain it in such vivid detail it's absolutely terrifying so basically the man from the underground he is a spiteful resentful nihilistic just wants the world to burn essentially he doesn't give a shit doesn't give a shit about anything or anyone and you see this from the get-go but a part in the first chapter that i really really thoroughly enjoyed was he there was an argument between free will and determinism whether we make our choices or our choices are already made out for us and we're just going about them. So with regards to determinism, it's basically like you're the train on a train track. So on the train track, it's like all your past experiences, all your past trauma, and you're destined for that one path. So that's determinism. And then obviously free will is, can we make whatever choices we want to make? And after reading that... (laughs) And then I moved on to Clockwork Orange with um, Anthony Burgess. It, it was this. It was kind of the same thing. Whether like free will is a thing, or can we control people's wills? But anyway, with regards to Dostoevsky's man's uh, notes from the underground, this is what his argument was. It was that can we make an equation and then determine what someone will do in their life in thirty years? And if so, if that's the case, then that's going to lead to a totalitarian state. Because if you can, because if you know what someone's going to do in 30 years, 
like you can con- you can control them completely and that was quite terrifying and then I asked a, a friend of mine who's like really into determinism free will all those sort of things and he just sent me a voice note saying that we live in a deterministic uh universe so then I got kind of scared but yeah so it's that argument of free will and what he was saying about free will was that that's what makes us human and that's what gives us our individuality like the freedom to choose whatever we want to choose which then shapes our whole personality and our individuality so I found that argument very very interesting if we do live in a deterministic universe or a planet or whatever then it's something that will be found out very soon, I feel, especially with the technology that's being invented all around us. So that was quite interesting, that argument. I really hope we don't live in a deterministic universe, but also I'm thinking that, like, free will, If say we're allowed to choose our choices and the choices we choose are what leads us to wherever we go. But are the choices that we choose not completely random? So, if that's the case, that they are random, if the choices that we're making are completely random, do we have any, say, or do we have any control on the choices we make, if they're completely random, of course? One to ponder. One to ponder for sure. Um, And then also another thing that... He mentioned in the thoughts and the musings that in the first section of the book was that he said to be too conscious is a disease, to think too much is a disease. And the, his argument he made in it that I found quite interesting was that he said that people who think too much, it essentially leads to inaction because you're so aware of all your failings, all your biases, all the consequences that it essentially paralyzes you. Paralysis by analysis, that's the phrase that people use nowadays. And he said that like stupid people are the ones who take action because they just, they don't see the consequences and they don't think it through. They just literally go for it. Um, So that was another thing that he mentioned in the book that I found quite interesting. Um, And then also he moved into like utopia, an argument against a utopia. A utopia is basically when everything is perfect. Um, And you see that in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. And... In the book, he's talking about how you can never have something that's 100% rational because you're completely, like, you're completely ignoring the impulses and the rationality of human beings, which is clearly there. Um, but also, like, when you look at history, what part of history, well, the major events anyway, are rational. Like, the, the events that shaped the planet we live on today were most definitely not rational to the overall population. Like World War II, was that rational? I don't think so. Is any war rational? No. So those were a few arguments that I enjoyed in Dostoevsky's book. So The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, um, a brilliant book. It was one that's been on my list because I'm going down my dystopian rabbit hole and like I want to read books that will just blow my mind and uh, Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale is definitely there. So it's basically about a woman and um, we actually don't know her name. Well, there's talks <laughs> there's talks of it being um, June, but we just don't know. So a handmaid in this in this society is basically a woman who's 
fun- whose function is to give birth to children. They have a commander who like rules over the house and they have aunts, wives, all these people in like a hierarchy um, within the house. There's no free will or no, no choice or anything. And basically it's just a society where you give birth to children. That's your function as a handmaid. It's basically a state where or society where you can't say anything bad about people. You can't have sex. You're basically controlled by the commander. And it's interesting because she goes back into the past of when things weren't like that. And she talks about how like they have like barcodes as payment. With regards to the barcodes, like I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like <laughs> even though Mike overcrosses it, I just like seeing what the facts are and then making my judgment on that. Um, so if you want to call me a conspiracy theorist, the do. But anyways, <laughs> um, in the book, it was they were talking about like barcodes as a form of payment. So like your, there's a barcode on your, I think it was your wrist and it's connected to your bank account. And when the whole state like went into a lockdown or whatever you want to call it, they, they froze the bank accounts and they fired all the women from the job, uh, from their jobs women virtually became property of the men in that society. Um, and that's how it spiraled into the society they live in now. Um, do I see barcodes being a thing where you can scan the barcode on someone's skin and as a form of payment? Do I think that's a possibility? Yes, I do. And does that scare me? Absolutely. But look, that's that's just the way it is. Like if you look at the social credit system in China, there that's all you need to know. I would highly recommend to anyone who who liked Orwell's 1984, I would highly recommend this book. You will have a field day. So there's a quote from this book and I, oh, it's, it's quite terrifying really, but it kind of puts everything into perspective from that book. A rat in a maze is free to go anywhere as long as it stays inside the maze. That blew my mind when I first read it. Absolutely blew my mind. Um, so that's Margaret Atwood. And then we move on to A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. This book, <laughs> honestly, what in the shit was this book? It's quite a hard read at times. Like it's proper, like, ew. But it's the second half of the book will blow your mind it's about a guy called Alex and his uh and his like crew and basically they just cause absolute havoc and the one bad thing about this book is that you literally have to have like a glossary so you have to have a glossary it's called Nadzat it's a language that uh Burgess uh made for this book and basically like for the first 20-30 pages you have to look up every second word because it's like it, it makes no sense. <laughs> like he has these words for, he, he has these words for like money, men, women, everything has a slogan or not a slogan, but um, it's like a form of slang, I would say. And it's about this guy, Alex, and they commit crimes. He gets caught. He gets sent to hospital or sent to prison. Then he gets sent to hospital. And it's it's absolutely terrifying what they do to him. Like, you have to read this book. And, like, one of the main things about it is, like, good and evil, uh, like, morality and things like that. So if that's down your alley, then I would definitely recommend picking this up. But there's a quote from it, and it just puts everything into everything. Like, it sums up the book perfectly. 
a man who cannot choose ceases to be a man. And it's an argument about, so what's worse? To do bad things or evil things or to be conditioned only to do good things? That's the question from this book. So I would definitely recommend reading that one as well. It's quite difficult at times or you're proper like, ew, like no. (laughs) But again, you have to go through with it, I guess. The Giver by Louise Lowry. Quite quite a good book. Um, It's about a boy called Jonas and he lives in the community and it's weird. Like there's there's no memories essentially. And like you, there's like this dream telling at dinner, feeling telling and your kids are chosen for you. Your jobs are chosen for you. It's weird. Um, And then this kid Jonas gets a really special job. I don't want to obviously ruin it, but it's, it's a very odd book. Um, <laughs> It's one of those books that you read and you're like, I can't see the world the same anymore. <laughs> My favorite kind of books. But um, yeah, so it's basically just about the importance of memories. Um, That's what I would say is the underlying theme, maybe. Is that the word? But the world in this novel is a utopia, essentially. But then it moves towards a dystopia. It's quite weird. Um, And one thing that I definitely say about it is that the society is too perfect Do you know when you see something that's like too perfect you're like something has to be wrong here that's what i get from this book it's like and i i think it was chris williamson said it um it's like dolores umbridge and harry potter like she from the outside she seems so like perfect but she's really evil and it's the same as this book it's like too perfect but it's really evil if that makes sense but a quote from it the worst part of holding the memories is not the pain it's the loneliness of it. Memories need to be shared. Boom. So that was a brilliant book. Would definitely recommend it. We've all heard of the movie American Psycho with Christian Bale in it, Patrick Bateman. Um, so that movie is based off this book. So yeah, just <laughs> what? Honestly, what a weird book. Like I've seen the movie multiple times. So I was like, oh, this is in my whatever weird era. So I'll read this. And I shit you not. I'd say every 50 pages I was reading and I was like, this is so difficult to read. Like it's proper, like gruesome. Like, so Patrick Bateman, he's narcissist, an absolute psychopath. (laughs) Only way to put it. He's obsessed with consumerism He's obsessed with killing people. He's just a psycho. And like literally American, like it's perfectly, perfectly, perfectly named the book. That's that. And it, yeah, it's quite a disturbing read. Um, So would only if you're ready for it, I would recommend reading it. But so I read one self-help book so far this month. The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's a pretty good book, like, but it's just really repetitive. Do you know if it was the first book you ever read? it would be great. But I feel like after you read four or five self-help books, you're done. So I made a list of the only five self-help books you need to read. So the list is The Almanac by Naval Ravenkant, Tuesdays with Mari by Mitch Album, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you've never read a book before and you want to start reading, 
read those five books first and you'll never need to read another self-help book again. Within those five self-help books, you or those books, whatever you want to call them. So within those five books, you have 99% of what you need to live a meaningful life or whatever life you want to live. Um, like within those books, you're covering habits with atomic habits. You're covering time management with 4,000 weeks, how to win friends and influence people. It's a complete book about how to be good at conversation and con- how to converse with people. Choose with Mari covers so many different topics like death, love, relationships, like so many different topics. And then the Almanac by Nav- Naval Ravenkant, like that is just insane. Like what a book. <laughs> like I think about that book at least five times a day. Like what a, what a man as well. Like Naval is a legend. So those would be the only five books that I think you need to read. Um, and now for the second part of the segment, um, I hope everyone's sticking to their New Year's resolutions. Um, I think I am. I am so far. But look, that could be subject to change. I've signed up for a High Rocks double with one of my buddies, Jack. So basically what a High Rocks event is, a 1K run, a 1,000 meter row, 1K run, 1,000 meter ski, 1K run, sled push, 1K run, sled pull, etc., etc. So you're doing 8K and you're doing eight different stations or eight different workouts. So it's this is kind of something that I've been looking at for a while that I'm like, oh, I'd love to do one of these like with someone, you know, um, to push to push the boundaries or to push the needle, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, so that's on the 20th of April in Berlin. So I'm buzzing for that. Um, so just going to keep the head down train as much as I can and just try to do the best thing, best I can with it. And then also with regards to running, um, I'm going to be running the Cork Marathon uh, June 2nd and this will be my first ever official marathon. Like I've been running for almost, it'll almost be two years by the time the Cork Marathon comes around um, and I've never ran an official like marathon, marathon, full one. So like I ran the half last year in Cork Loved it, but now I'm going for the full. Like, the time-wise, <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, say anything because, like, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm hoping for a pretty good, strong time. Like, I'm aiming for the best time I can put up, whatever that time is. Well, like, I have a number in my head, but it's also one of those things that I don't want to say. So, we'll we'll see, we'll see. And then, of course like for old time's sake, we'll do a pretty long run in October, November time. So it'll give me enough time to do the long run. I don't know what the distance for that time is going to be yet, but it's going to be longer than 100k. I would, I would say yes. Um, So that's the plan with regards to the health, fitness, all this sort of thing. And also another thing, that I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I got, so I got Rob Lipson on the podcast and I've been following Rob for, I'd say four or five years. Like I've known, I've heard of him since maybe 2016. And so I recorded a podcast with him last week and I haven't put it out yet. Um, It'll be my 50th episode. What a, what a perfect time to put out the 50th episode. But Honestly, I was absolutely shitting it, like (laughs) shitting it. It was kind of the first time with regards to podcasting where 
I was proper nervous before an episode. Like, I'd be nervous, you know, with other people, of course, but this time I was proper shitting it. I was like, I have to do this almost flawlessly. Like, I have to do this the best I can because I had to do justice to myself. Like, this was kind of the big moment. It was like, can you do it when you're absolutely shitting it? And I guess, look, there's only, the only way you're going to know is when you listen to it or if you do listen to it. So did I, was I happy with it? I was delighted. Like, so I guess it's, um, it's, it's up to the audience now to decide if it was any good or not. Something that I made up recently that I think kind of, was it something that I made up in 2023 that I was kind of like iterating on constantly until I got like the perfect rules or like the rules of the game is what I call them. So the rules of the game for me, for life, whatever you want to call this, are, so I'm going to go one to 12. You're all in, this is going to kill you. So would you not try to live the most incredible life while you're here? You are what you do, not what you say you'll do. The golden recipe Relationships, purpose, curiosity, and health. People might forget what you do, but they never forget how you made them feel. Never take your chips off the table. Keep playing. The most important question you have to answer in life is who could you be if you stopped wasting your time? What matters most is how well you walk through fire. Find flow. Assume nothing, question everything. Follow your intuition. Try as many things that pique your interest. Once you find the thing you can't pull yourself away from, obsess over it. And last but not least, discipline equals freedom. At the start of 2023, I was like, I want to make these rules that I can live by. And by November, I maybe had about seven or eight of them. But like, I just stopped writing them down. And then in start of December, I literally was sat down and I was like, okay, I need to flesh out all these rules. So they're the 12 that I picked and they're the 12 I'm going to try le- live my life on. Of course, it's subject to change and things like that. But I think those 12 rules cover almost everything. Um, and I think that everyone should do something like that. They should write out the rules or like their boundaries of things that they expect from life and things that are morals or belief systems whatever you want to call it that you can follow in life and yeah I think they cover almost everything yeah I think that's all I wanted to talk about on this episode so thank you again for listening and the first monologue is now done the first month of the year is pretty much done now so thank you for listening to the monologue and thank you for listening to the podcast in general and I hope you have a lovely day And I'm sure I will catch you in the next one. Thank you.